So here we go. After a great story like that, kicking us off to week one of our series called Good Vibes. Why? Why a series called Good Vibes? Because we need it. I need it. You need it. And in the next few weeks, we're going to talk about so much good in the world, in our lives, and that God has for us to see it, to recognize it, and to embrace it. But before we jump into that, I got to ask if I can just have a moment. I I need a moment to just kind of get some stuff off my chest because... I mean, 2020 so far has been a really rough year. Um, It just has. I'm sure you agree uh, with the whole COVID thing, the pandemic, and all that's come with that. Seven months of not being able to meet in person, and still, we we can't all be together like before just yet, and not quite sure how much longer that will go. No doubt, the most challenging year and period of time in leadership as a pastor that I have ever experienced, especially for this long, in doing this for 26 years plus. I mean, I've just never experienced anything quite like this. As a church, giving is down. Um, Volunteering is more challenging and tricky than ever. It's just hard. And you'd think that a guy, after all of that, could go home and just watch sports on TV. No, because that's all messed up. And college sports and professional sports, it's just not the same in my Atlanta. Braves lost, and the Panthers are the Panthers. And there was no fair this year. There was no fair to go to, and I love the fair. And there was a fall, but no fair. And I don't know how you have fall without the fair, but we had to do fall without the fare. And I'm getting all these phone calls now because evidently my car warranty is all jacked up and I had no idea. I didn't even know my, all our cars still had warranties and you probably are experiencing something similar to that. And one more thing while I'm on it, um, we wear these because it's the loving thing to do. Okay, we're asked to do this and we don't, we don't wear masks protect ourselves really it's more about being kind and loving to those around us and we should and we do it it's a very tangible way of loving first but folks this is not an enjoyable experience for me i just I mean when i wear these things my glasses fog up it itches my beard and i'm constantly reminded of how bad my breath is <laughs> just so there thanks i feel better now i should you um i should probably pay you for this because that was very therapeutic. You're like, man, why all the negativity? Well, because we have reasons to be negative. I do, you do, all of us. We have many reasons to be negative. Maybe your list is a little different than mine. My list is a little different than yours, but let's just start here. I think we can all relate to this. Life is tough. It's tough for me. It's tough for you. It's only a matter of time. Life is going to get tough in your relationships, financially, with your job, with health. Just situations in life is going, are going to get tough. And, and not necessarily the same for everybody in the same way, to the same degree, all at the same time. But you just wait. Eventually, life gets tough for every single person. But it gets worse. Not only is life tough giving us a reason to be negative. Negativity is all around us. It's everywhere. A constant wave and tide of negativity 
hits us in the face at all times, almost everywhere, every day. Negativity sells. It just does. You hear people talking about, you know, well, sex sells. Well, yes, it does, but I'd say negativity is even sexier when it comes to selling things. You think about this. Think about how many commercials you watch and advertisements you hear where the whole premise is something negative. Have you had a bad day? Yes. Right? Have you ever noticed that this never works quite right? What are you going to do? I don't know. They work you up into a frenzy of negativity. Are you tired of this? Yes. And so it all starts with negativity. Negativity is sticky. It is. Have you ever noticed how bad news travels faster than good news? Yeah. Bad news travels faster than good news. Even when someone is sharing good news with you, They often counter, someone often counters with, yeah, I hear you, but did you hear this? Oh, no, I didn't. And you let something bad happen, negative happen, and man, it just takes off. And then you turn on the news, and it's like, okay, I understand. There are things we need to know, but do we need to know all of that? It's just much more bad news than there is good news. And I understand people needing to be informed. I understand ratings. I understand all this stuff. But I, I watch the news sometime and, and go, oh, I can't handle anymore. I can't handle any more negative stuff. I can't handle any more bad news. I understand. I understand. I need to know what's going on in my neighborhood, maybe in the triad, maybe in the state. But do I have to know about every robbery Across the nation today. I mean, and I hate it, but I can't, I just can't. And it's just me, just my little rant. I, I just can't handle that much bad news. It's just everywhere. It's all around us. And then there's negative people. We have names for them. Negative Nancy, Debbie Downer, right? You've heard those names. I'm, I'm sorry if your name is Nancy or Debbie. I'm sure it's not you. It's just what got attached to your name. You know the people I'm talking about, and there's men too. It's not just women. I, I know they've probably got negative names for men. I just can't think of them right now. But, but you know what I'm talking about. The people who no matter what you say, their response is, oh yeah, well, it's worse than that. Let me tell you. You think that's bad, it's worse than you think. And it's just on and on and on and on we go. There's something about this whole fear thing that we're attracted to. News that creates fear is stickier. Information that creates fear travels faster. And then Christians come into the conversation. Listen carefully. And often, Christians, well-intended, when they bring into the conversation, they talk about sin, and they talk about judgment, and they talk about death, and you know what's really going on. And all of those things may be true. But it's the way we say it often and the timing in which we say it. It can often just come across as just more bad news. Negativity is all around us. And the election, enough said. But it gets worse. Life is not just tough and it's not just around us, but negativity is also inside of us. Ouch. It's, it's kind of the way we process life and the way we see the world around us. It's in here. There's like a negative filter. And some of us have personalities. Everybody has a different personality, but some personality types, you know, are happier than others, and some personality types are bent towards negativity. You know, that's why we have those, that terminology, glass half full. Are you glass half full? Are you glass half empty? And there are people that are like, what glass? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? Um, sometimes it's, it's inside of us. 
when God created us, he created us and wired us for survival. That's just part of humanity. We are wired to be able to, within us, identify and see negative things, bad things, hurtful things, harmful things, and either avoid them or eliminate them. That's just how God created humanity to work. And that's a good thing. But the dark side of that good thing is that if we're not careful, we will live through a negative filter. And we're constantly processing everything through a, oh no, no, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good. And we live from a fear-based mentality. And we see the world that way, and we see people that way, and we see life that way. We have reasons, so many reasons to be negative. When we were planning this series, we were meeting with some of our creative people, as we kind of always do, and months ago, talking about this series, we just had a hunch that by this time we could, need, we could use some good, good news, good stuff. And we, at this time, had no idea how long things were going to last from the pandemic and how things were going to go with the election and, and all this stuff. We just had a, a hunch and, and believe we, we were on with that, our team was, and we were having this discussion, one of the one of our team members, Alicia, spoke up and said, you know, with all this negativity, I feel like anymore, I've got to get permission to be positive. It's like I have to have permission to be positive. And as soon as she said that, it's like the whole vibe in our meeting changed. It shifted because every single one of us identified with that. It's like we have to give ourselves permission to be positive and allow others the permission to be positive as well. So yes, we have reasons to be negative here, but what we need is permission to be positive. What's the difference? Focus. Perspective. Now listen, I get it. Some of you are going there. Don't go there. I'm not saying that we ignore the facts. I'm not saying we pretend I'm not saying that you deny the harsh realities of life, and this is not about wishful thinking. No, permission to be positive is all about choosing the good and all about deciding to hope. In fact, I wanna give you something to consider. And our goal, not just today, but over the next few weeks in this Good Vibe series is for you to consider this. That in this world of suffocating negativity and really, really bad news, because it's there, it's everywhere, things are actually better than you think. I know that flies in the face of some of you. You're like, no, no, things are worse. Things are worse. Back in the good old days, because it used to be. I, I, get, I, I, hear, I hear you. It's all about focus. Things are actually better than you think. And better, if you look at the big picture, than they seem. And we're going to be honest about it, but there's so many reasons. So many reasons to be positive. So many reasons to smile. So many reasons to be filled with hope. And you and I can actually choose those things. We can choose to focus on those reasons. No, you can't choose your reality. You cannot choose to make all your problems go away. If so, we would do that, wouldn't we? You can't choose to just have life totally arrange itself in a way that everything is sunshine and roses and puppies. You can't do that. But you can always choose how to respond to all of the reasons you have to be negative. So... To get us moving in that direction, what I want to do is take you back 
to a life principle that we discovered a few weeks ago when we were talking through this political series, Donkeys, Elephants, and Jesus. Remember that a few weeks ago? And we discovered this life principle that Paul the Apostle wrote to a group of Christians in the first century in the city of Thessalonica. And this principle, even though we applied it to what we were talking about then, if you'll remember, I said this this principle applies to almost every aspect of life. It just works. And I want to show you this principle, remind us of it, and then we'll go somewhere else together. But Paul writes to test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. Why did he say that? Because not everything that is said is good. Some things that are said, as we saw a few weeks ago, are bad. Some things are negative. And so you test everything that is said and hold on to what is good. This tells us two things about what we're talking about here. Number one, that there is good. There is good. There is good to hold on to. There is good out there. And as we will see, there's more of it than you might think. And number two, not only is there good, but you and I can choose it. We can decide to focus on it. Or else he wouldn't have said, test everything, but, but here you filter it through, filter it through, and let a lot of stuff go, and then focus and hold on to what is good. I want to show you something else Paul writes to a group of Christians in the first century, but this time he's writing to a group of Christians in the city of Philippi. And what's fascinating here is that what he's getting ready to say he said, writing from prison. You want to talk about reasons to be negative? And then he writes this. Check it out. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. You ever have trouble like me Controlling what you're thinking and, 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 and trying to get a hold of what you're focused on. Well, well, God knew this. He knows how our human brains work. And so he had Paul write these words down to encourage us, to help us know that we can actually decide what we think about. We can actually choose what we focus on. Now, yeah, thoughts are going to come through your mind all the time. They're just going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. But you and I get to decide which thoughts we stop. Hold on to that one and let's focus on this one. And Paul said, whatever is true and noble and right and pure and lovely, admirable and excellent and praiseworthy, those are good. That's what you want to hold on to. This is the filter you want to have. Everything else, let her go. Deal with it, let her go. But hold on to these things. These things are good. And we can choose these. We, now listen, we can't choose our circumstances, but we can choose how we respond to our circumstances and how we think and process our circumstances. There's something else here that's fascinating to me. I want to make sure you don't miss. And, and because it's repeated and because it's just one of those words that we say all the time, we often miss it. It's the word whatever. And the word whatever here in this passage is repeated. And I think that's very important. But it doesn't mean the, the meaning of whatever, like a 12-year-old girl, like whatever, you, you know, not that whatever, not, not, no, the, the, not the dismissive whatever. 
this, this use of whatever is about scope. Let's reread it with the emphasis on what I believe Paul intended it to be. Whatever is true, think about that. Whatever is noble, think about that. Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. If anything out there is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. You know what I think the emphasis of the word whatever is? Is that there's a lot of it. There's so much of it. It could be there, it could be there, it could be down here, it could be over there, it could be them, it could be that. It could be in places you least expect it. But there's so much true, there's so much right, there's so much pure, and there's so much excellent and praiseworthy. You and I must choose to think and focus on those things. We can control our focus. You can't control your feelings all the time but you can almost always control your focus. Here's the way I, I think we can kind of bring all this together in a way that is sticky, that helps us remember this and put this into practice. I think this is what Paul is teaching us. I think this is what God wants us to see today. And, I, and this is helping me, and this is a challenge, but it's helping me. That you and I must see the bad, because that's reality, but we seize the good. See the bad... Seize the good. Hold on to the good. Focus on the good. Control your focus to the good stuff. What is right and pure and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy. Test all things and hold on to what is good. We're going to see the bad. We're going to see all the reasons we have to be negative because they're going to continue to come. They always will. But we're going to choose to give ourselves and each other and embrace the permission to be positive. Here's the truth. If you don't choose it, it's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen on its own. If you don't seize the good, it will bypass you. If you don't seize the good, it, you'll miss it. Here's why. Because the natural drift is to the negative. The natural drift is to bad things. If your mind gets kicked into neutral, it's just going to go dark places. It just does. He said, well, how do you know? I can't believe you would say something like that. Well, when you're laying in bed at night trying to fall asleep and you can't fall asleep, pay attention to what you think about. Are they positive things or negative things? I think if you're honest, more times than not, they can be negative things. I can't believe that happened today. I don't know how I'm going to pay for that. I don't know how I'm going to fix that. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm not looking forward to going to work. I don't want to go to work. And I just, oh, that meeting. I don't want to have that meeting. And just, oh, my God, I think I have a temperature. I, mean, I think I'm dying. It's just, it's just, it's got insomnia, insomnia. I can't sleep. It's midnight. Oh, no, I'm going to be so tired tomorrow. I just, and the kids are up. Oh, this is not good. Your turn. Your turn. Get up. It's, oh, I, you see what I'm saying? It's not positive, right? Your mind just shifts into neutral and where does it go? Because that's the natural drift. And if you don't focus and choose to seize the good, it won't happen. Let me give you another example of where the natural shift and the natural drift is to the negative. Now, be careful here. I, I don't want you to misunderstand and I'll try my best to clarify it. But when it comes to prayer, most always has a negative bent. You know why? Think about it, think about it. More times than not when we pray and more times than not when we are gathered together to pray with others, the focus is on negative things we need God to fix. Bad things we need God to stop. 
or make go away. And, and most of our prayer requests are painful things. Now, there's nothing wrong. Please hear me. We should be motivated by the pain and the problems in our lives. That should motivate us to go to our Heavenly Father and cry out for help because Jesus did say, cast all your care upon me. And we were told to cast all our care upon him. And Jesus said, come to me and I will give you rest. And, and he cares for us in that way. So there's nothing wrong with that. But pay attention to how negative the context of prayer can often be. And know that one thing our prayer is often missing is the praise part of it, the good part of it, the grateful and thanksgiving part of it. It's like, oh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this. This was awesome. This was the best part of my day. Now that part about did me in, but this part, I need more of this. Oh, Heavenly Father, this was great, and this was good, and this was beautiful, and this made me smile, and this warmed my heart. Do you see? Even in prayer, the natural drift can almost always be stuck in the negative. And if you don't choose it, it may not happen. Here's another way to say it. I think a, a good way to kind of to understand this is that you and I have to practice positivity. We have to practice being positive. In other words, get good at choosing the good. Get good at seizing the good. You got to get good at it. And the good news is the more you do it, the better you get at it. Now, again, we're going to be honest. We're going to be real. We're not going to stick our heads in the clouds. We're not going to stick our heads in the sand. We're going to look at reality and then choose good. Choose hope. Practice positivity. It's okay to take some time and have a moment and vent. If you need to vent, nothing wrong with that. That's very healthy. It's good to grieve. There's a time to grieve. There is a time to mourn. And we should do that well and do that healthily. That's very important. But at some point, you got to kick yourself into the next gear and say, okay, time to move on. Time to move ahead. Time to put one foot in front of the other and let's go. Let's choose the good. Let's talk about the good. Let's focus on the good. If not, you'll stay stuck with the bad. Practice positivity. We see the bad, but we seize the good. And some of you, when you see the bad, you see a bad marriage. Like, I don't see how this is going to work. That's an opportunity to actually seize the good. Well, what good? Well, if you are in a bad marriage, that means you have the opportunity for a better one. And you can choose. You can choose. You may not have chosen your bad marriage, even though your bad marriage is bad because of ultimately choices that one, if not both of you, have made. They don't just go bad on their own. But they also don't get great on their own. That means you've got a choice. And you can choose to make it better. I've been a pastor for 26 years plus now. And I think I can honestly say not one, and I've seen a lot of bad marriages. I've seen a lot of them. And I don't think I've ever seen one yet that didn't have the potential to get better. And for the most part, become great. So seize the good. We're going to work on it. I'm going to work on it. You're going to work on it. We're going to work on it together. And we're going to get help and we're going to seize the good. When you see the bad, what you may see is bad finances, bad financial situation. You can't make ends meet. you got to seize the good. What good? Well, you're alive, aren't you? So what's that got to do with anything? Well, because you know, you know this. You know this. Can we talk about it? That the most important things in life cannot be bought. 
The most important things in life cannot be bought or measured in terms of money. And if you're alive, that means you got an opportunity for this thing to turn around. You got an opportunity for this thing to change, for your financial situation to change. You say, well, how's it gonna change? I don't know, I'm not that smart. But you serve a God who is aware of your need and this is an opportunity for you to trust him and then put one foot in front of the other. Tomorrow's a new day. You never know. You never know when things are going to turn around, but you can choose. You can choose the mindset. Truth is, you will probably never get out of this hole if your mindset doesn't change and shift. There has to be a shift in thinking. When you see the bad, you see a bad job. Seize the good. What good? You have the ability to work, right? That's a good thing. A lot of people don't have the ability to work. And if you have the ability to work, that means you can do one of two things. You can get better at your job or you can get a better job. It may be that you just need to get better at the job you got or pursue another job. Seize the good. When you see the bad, you may see bad health, a nagging health problem. Or maybe your health problem is so bad, it's not just negative, it's terminal. That's really bad, which means they're telling you it ain't going to get better. You're going to die. Well, we're all going to die, but eventually someone says, well, here's a date. Here's a time period. You have weeks, you have months. And you think, man, that's bad. That's going to be a reality for all of us eventually. You see the bad, but you seize the good. What good? Well, we live in a land where there's medicine, there's therapy, there is help, and we serve a God. That means there is healing, if not just in this life, definitely in the one to come. Ain't nobody sick in heaven, I promise you. And ain't no, no matter what took everybody out, nobody's complaining in heaven. I got hit by a truck. What happened to you? A cancer? Well, what happened to you? I fell out of a plane. Oh, well, at least it went quick. I mean, can you imagine what is, well, we're all here. Nobody's complaining. Can you imagine the story? Seize the good. Seize the good. Just throwing out things. You got to repeat this over and over and over and over and over again to get good at it. You got to practice it over and over and over again to get good at it. And you got to surround yourself with positive people to help you practice it. You help them, they help you. And together, you see the bad. And you encourage each other and help each other and grieve and mourn and vent all the bad, but then you help each other seize the good. Here's the deal. Yes, all of you realists, I'm one of you. Well, that don't change nothing. Well, no, it doesn't change things, but this will change you. Seizing the good doesn't change the bad that you see, but it will change you and your, your focus and your perspective. And isn't that the whole point anyway? Because all of the bad we see, it's all temporary. Nothing that's bad is gonna stay bad. It's all temporary, temporary stuff, it's money, it's house, it's jobs, stuff that 100 years from now will be gone and you'll be gone and you won't care. So it's all temporary. So seizing the good is about remembering what matters most and it will change you. And plus, it's just a better way to live. It's just a better way to live. I read this not long ago and I thought this was fascinating. There's a group of scientists in California that, and, and it's not just California, most of them are on the West Coast. It's you know, more wide open, not as many trees kind of thing, or in the desert. 
But they study the stars and they look at the planets and the galaxies and all that. And I can't imagine having the knowledge of understanding what you're looking at and being able to do that. And I, I don't know how people do that and not just know that there is a God who, who cares and loves us. But anyway, I digress. A group of scientists in California have, have, have this ritual. They, they have a bottle of champagne in the refrigerator at all times. Just in case they discover signs of extraterrestrial life. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? I mean, can you imagine going to work? A group of scientists at California's telescope array, to be specific, have a champagne bottle unopened in their refrigerator at all times. Just, just you never know. You just never know. I mean, when they come and put their peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the fridge, you know, every morning, there it is. Maybe today's the day. Maybe today's the day we see E.T. or think, you know, there he is or whatever. Isn't that a fantastic way to go through your day? That's just amazing to me. Yeah, here's what you may not know, and I want to spend the last few minutes helping you see this. But Jesus modeled this to us. No, not like that. They didn't have refrigerators back then. But you'll see what I mean. Jesus modeled seeing the bad and seizing the good. We find it in the scriptures. Look at what Jesus told his closest followers towards the end of his earthly ministry. In this world, you will have trouble. See the bad. It's going to come. See the bad. There it is. See the bad. It's going to be all around you. It's inevitable. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. That's good. You see the balance? You see they're both present? And where the focus is? Take heart. You can ha that's a choice. I choose to take heart because even though there's bad and it's going to happen, Jesus said he's overcome the world, which means not just the world in general, but specifically everything in the world, which means he overcomes everything in your world and in my world and all of the reasons we have to be negative in this world. He's stronger, he's greater, and he can help us take heart in the middle of all of it. One more thing. Paul writes to a group of Christians in Rome. I mean, if you're, still, if you're still struggling with this, just chew on this. And we know that in all things, not just some things, but in all things, which you could say is everything because the word all in the Greek means all. And that's all it means, but it means all. That's everything. And that leaves out nothing. In all things, God works for the good those who love him. He didn't say everything is good. He didn't say all things are good. Jesus just said, in this world, you will have trouble and trouble ain't good. But he said, in all things, in all things, and through all things, and in the process of all things, God will do a work that when he's all done with it will be good. And here's what I want you to get. That's a lot of good. All, all things, even your thing, even that thing, even the thing that's overwhelming you now, it's such a bad thing and it's given you so many reasons to be negative kind of thing. Yes, in that, all things, when it's all said and done, God will somehow miraculously achieve good with it, through it, in you, around you, for you. I don't know, he just said, that's what he's gonna do. I can see this in my life when I look back. 
And I just got to know he's going to continue to do the same thing. That's a lot of good. So see the bad. See the bad. But seize all the good because there's a lot of good. And over the next three weeks, we're going to focus in on the good that God has for us. And today we start by seeing the bad and we're going to learn to practice positivity and seize. Seize it. Hold on to it. Seize the good. And let's start right now. In fact, let's make this a matter of prayer on both sides, not just the negative, but the positive. In fact, I want to ask you, close your eyes, bow your heads, block everything else out, everybody else out. And I want you to think right now and visualize and think about that area of your life where you are most tempted to be negative and you go negative the fastest. And you, you stay there. And it may be your marriage, it may be your relationship, maybe your health, it could be your job, it could be uh, you know, the future, or, or you just fill in the blank. You know where, you're, where you just go negative so fast and you get stuck there. And it could be a fear, it, it could be an anxiety, a worry, it, it could be a person. You just go negative so quickly. I want you to share that with your Heavenly Father in the next few moments. Not because He doesn't know, but because it will help you. It begins the healing process. And practicing positivity, a part of this is naming where you're struggling most. Take a moment and let's give this to our Heavenly Father. All right, let's take it one step further. Now that you've named it, let's ask God to help us choose the good in that area, that specific area that you find it so easy to go negative and stay negative in. To seize the good and hold to what is good and to trust him to help you overcome in that area. Let's tell him, and ask for his help. Father, we admit just how quickly we are to go negative and stay negative. And all of us, life is tough and it's negative all around us and we even have negative filters that process everything through that lens. But every single one of us have a, have a, a, a thing that we're most likely and so quickly to go negative on. You know what it is, but we acknowledge it. And I know, I know where my trigger points are. And I, 
struggle so much with that. So Father, help me, help us, and, and specifically help me right now to choose the good, to seize the good. Dealing with the bad, acknowledging the challenges, but to seize the good in that area of my life. And help us, everyone sitting here, everyone joining us online, help us to seize the good in that very thing that pulls us down into dark places so quickly. And may we choose to focus and control our thoughts and focus on what is true and right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent and praiseworthy and think on those things. Father, we have so much, so much to focus on that's good because you said you're working in all things to the good and that's everything. Even though these things we experience may not feel good because the story's not over yet and you're not done and you specialize in taking very bad things and achieving good things from them and out of them. We trust you in Jesus' name.